You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise, to you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God, you are awesome in this place, mighty God, you are awesome in this place, Abba Father, you are worthy of all praise, to you our lives. service on Sunday. Amen. And God coming down and visiting us the way he did. Amen. You just, you can't duplicate that. You can't fake that. Uh, We're just so honored that God would do that for us. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Welcome any visitors. It looks like it's mostly home folks. Anybody streaming, may God bless you this evening. You are my all in all. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. And seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all.
queued up some prayer requests this evening. Uh, Sister Joan posted this afternoon that she's dealing with some side effects again from that uh, salmonella. I believe that's what it was. Um, so let's just remember um, Sister Joan in our prayers. The Lord will give her the strength she needs. And uh, Brother Jimmy, um, really not feeling well yesterday. Um, he said the cough is very bad, very, uh, I guess it just takes everything out of him. He's coughing so bad. And I believe he said they're going to do a CT or an MRI. Um, I'm not sure what day, forgive me, I don't remember. But let's hold Brother Jimmy up. Seems like since this COVID stuff, Brother Jimmy's been attacked several times with something with the coughing and stuff. So certainly looking for the Lord to do a touch for our brother. Amen. Um, and if you could remember um, Ayla, she was, we didn't post nothing, but she was attacked by two um, English Mastiffs yesterday at a friend's house. And, um, but thankful there was only one bite out of both the dogs and it doesn't even look like it'll leave much of a scar. Um, but just pray that, you know, it's kind of in her head now. Yeah, so about dogs and stuff and anxiety. So if you could just hold her up um, for that, we'd certainly appreciate it. And continue to remember Sister Erica Parker in our prayers. Uh, Holly Cox, that's Brother uh, Mike and Sister Angie's daughter. Also Brother Mike's cousin, David Blevins. And Sister Tia's mom. There's always so many needs. Sister Eugenia, Brother Terrence's wife. We know God's got them all in the palm of his hand, though. So we're thankful for that. Anybody have an unspoken this evening? Brother Wade, if you don't mind, come and take us to the Lord in prayer this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. The Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you this evening, Lord Jesus. Knowing you are the one and mighty God, Lord Jesus, we thank you, thanking you, praising you, giving you glory, Lord God, for all that you do and all that you've done and all that you're doing right now, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, you said you were reading the Bible we hear about you in history Lord God but now Lord Jesus in our lives today we see you more than ever Lord Jesus you are a God of right now Lord Jesus and right now we're giving you praise and right now we're giving you glory Lord Jesus because you alone are worthy Lord Jesus oh father there was a lot called out to be prayed about Lord Jesus but, oh God, you're a moving God, Lord Jesus, and you're moving on those needs right now, Lord Jesus. It was already done before the foundation. That's what then, Lord Jesus. But, Lord, we're looking for the manifestation of it today, Lord Jesus. Oh, we praise you. We give you glory this evening, Lord God. You're such a wonderful Father, Lord Jesus. We lift you up right now, Lord God. And, Lord Jesus, as our pastor would come out one more time before this pulpit, Lord Jesus. To speak to your people, Lord Jesus. Hide him away again, Lord Jesus. Use him in a mighty way, Lord Jesus. We'll be sure, Lord God, to give you all the glory, all the praise for everything that's said on Lord Jesus. And we're looking for the manifestation of you in our lives, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. We give you glory in your precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. We'll go ahead and have the brothers receive the 
offering at this time. Say, Brother Wade, a few steps. Amen. Let's do that song, Wonderful. Key of F. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is He. Saving me and keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Oh, my heart sings today, sings for joy and gladness. Jesus saves, satisfies, banishes my sadness. Guilt is gone, peace is mine, peace like to a river. Jesus is wonderful, mighty to deliver. Wonderful. Jesus is to me, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God is He, saving me and keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Once a slave, now I'm free, free from condemnation. Jesus gives liberty and a full salvation. Forgiven, and my name is inscribed on the book of heaven. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to be. Prince of Peace, mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Living here with my Lord in a holy union, day by day, all the way, holding sweet communion. Oh, what change grace has brought in my lowly station, since my soul has received full and free salvation. Wonderful, wonderful, Jesus is to me, Counselor, Prince of Mighty God is He, saving me and keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Yes, He's wonderful, wonderful. Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God is He, saving me, keeping me. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise His name. Amen. He is wonderful. Wherever I go, wherever I go, I'll praise Him whenever I can. I'll praise Him for His love surrounds me like a sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of my Jesus, for the name Jesus lifted me, oh, wherever I go, I'll praise Him whenever I can, I'll praise Him for 
We'll sing this little chorus. I know we sing it a lot here, but I know everyone loves this little chorus. We'll sing it as we invite our pastor out this evening. I will praise the Lord. Oh, I will praise the Lord. Mountaintops, the valley's low. Still praise the Lord. We can sing it, we can talk it. But can we walk it? Because I've had hail from Sunday. I don't know what you've been through, but you probably, most of you people probably got more sleep last night than I have since Sunday. He came at me a little different way this time. He's trying to take my rest from me. But that's all right. Jesus said, come unto me. All you that are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. It don't matter how tired I am. It don't matter how tired you are. When that anointing falls. 
all it is washed away and everything is just all right then. So that's why I come to church because I don't know about other folks how they can get by without it, but I need a refilling tonight. I need a refreshing again tonight. Sunday was absolutely phenomenally supernatural and wonderful, but it's history. He's the I am. And we need the I am to come tonight and speak to our hearts. This service, I'll go ahead and give you another disclaimer. I have not looked forward to this service for weeks. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon, how many's heard of Charles Spurgeon? Charles Spurgeon said this about Romans chapter 1. It should never be read in public. He said, Romans chapter 1 is so vile, it should never be read in public. Sorry, Charles. It's going to be read in public here. But they knew and understand what was going on. They understood what was going on in Rome at the time, what Paul was dealing with. And study history, which I, I love history. In, in high school, I despised it. But now I love history. You study history and you study the different commentaries, Matthew, Henry, different ones. And you find out th things that are not in the scripture, but it's actually historical. Some things will blow your mind. Paul was actually in Corinth. Uh, and if you read the first and second Corinthians, you, you know how bad that church was. I mean, you got people living with their stepmother. I mean, you, you got some bad junk going on. Uh, and he's in Corinth writing to Rome about what's going on in Rome. And he's in a sinful city at, at that time. He's writing to Rome. Sin everywhere. We can certainly acknowledge that today. Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to tell you, friend, those that deny a deity, deny a God, or deny that the Bible is right, they obviously haven't read the Bible, because certainly the Scripture has and is still coming to pass that those in the last days will call evil good and good evil. And actually, I can prove, I don't know if I get to it tonight, but I will be able to prove by Romans 1 that people will be actually, their minds, when they... Their minds will be turned over to a reprobate mind, doing evil things and thinking that it's the right thing. In their, mind, in their mind, they do not know the difference between right and wrong. Because God gave them up to vile affections. I'm getting ahead of myself. Give me a minute, I'm 53. <laughs> uh, We'll just start for, for the sake of background. We'll start with verse, uh, verse number 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I will come back, back to that at another service. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven... Against Now, listen, listen very carefully now. He identifies two different things here. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. They are not the same. 
Ungodliness is your sins against God. Unrighteousness is your sin against man. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And because there's things we do to one another that we don't ask forgiveness from God for. Because we didn't sin against God. We sinned against one another. It is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So this is a sin toward men. They're holding back the truth, knowing the truth, but won't tell the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may, may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. He's talking about creation. And e even your mortal bodies. I know you're standing and I'm trying to preach before you're sitting. Give me just a minute. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. What did I tell you it's all coming down to? Worship. They knew God, but they, they did not glorify Him as God. Neither were thankful. They become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Listen carefully. God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. How are you drawn away from God? By your own lusts. That's what the Bible says. Drawn away of your own lust. So God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. But where did it come from? Their heart. But it manifested in their bodies. Every sin starts in the heart. The Bible says the heart is wicked above all things. To dishonor their own bodies. Remember, that's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men. There are people today that claim that, that the Bible does not preach or talk about lesbianism. I just read you the scripture. For this cause he gave him up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, 
burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do, to, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers. Boy, he's on a roll, ain't he? Without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, listen, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. May God add His blessings to the reading of His Word. You can be seated. And everybody's quiet. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Bible. I'm not ashamed of truth. Things that need to be identified. Things that, if they're not exposed, they will creep in among us. It takes proper headship and leadership to keep the sheep going in the right direction. And keep demons and spirits and uh, tormentors away from his flock. He's got to preach truth. 100% truth. Absolute truth. That is my goal in life. Not leave anything out or add anything to it. But, but just what the Holy Spirit reveals to me, to me in the scriptures and through the message of this hour. That is my goal in life. As I said last Wednesday, and I didn't get back to the Amplified Bible near enough as I, as, as I wanted to last Wednesday. I got caught up, which, which is not unusual. But I'm going to go back to it again tonight, the Amplified, which breaks it down into everyday language. When Paul is, again, this was his, his greeting, his opening greetings to the church at Rome about how much he wanted to come and speak to them and be with them and fellowship with them and greets them and all the things that he does through the first um, part of the chapter. And then incidentally enough, Paul goes into justification by faith, without, which I'll talk about later um, in, in verse 17. And then verse 18, Paul changes, turns a corner. Starts talking about God's wrath and indignation revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Because God himself, as I said last Wednesday night, just for a little background. As God himself has proved to this, not only this generation, but every generation that he is real. Amen. And that man in his, in his thinking cannot deny a deity. You can look at your own body. The makeup of your body. And you have to believe that, that there is a special designer behind your body. The way it functions. The way it works. The way it can heal itself. 
the way uh, your bodily functions every day. Your mind, your brain, your thought process. Who put all this together? There has to be a designer behind your body. It didn't just come from a polywog. That's what Darwin taught. You came from a frog. I'm sorry, I have nothing to do with a frog. There is no resemblance, I hope. If there is, Sister Lisa didn't see it. There's no resemblance, no connection between me and a frog. But yet, that's where they think that we came from. Some from monkeys swinging from trees. Now, I probably had some people in my ancestry that swung from trees, but that was from a hangman's noose, not their tails. You cannot know anything about your, your biological being, your, your, your mortal being, and not know that there is a supernatural designer that created your brain and your thought process and your heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, and how they function. You have to believe, everybody has to come to an understanding that there is a designer behind this. And if in fact, if, if Darwinism is true and we came from monkeys, how can we stop now? Why aren't we growing into something else? How come it stopped with him? I'm not happy here. I, I, wish, I wish I would grow into something more intelligent. More better looking. More muscular. Taller. At least six foot. I'm almost there. Thanks to science. But why did it stop here? If it started with a chimpanzee. And it started with cavemen. And you know. <laughs> and we start growing up. And then all of a sudden. It, boom it stops. The evolution stops with humans. How? Why? If it's growing. Constantly growing. In a higher form of intelligent life. Why did it stop with humans? Why don't it keep growing? They have no answer for that. Neither do they have an answer for the Big Bang Theory. That all of a sudden, all of a sudden out of nowhere, bang, everything come into being. As I said before, put, all, put a thousand pieces of a puzzle in a bag, shake it up, dump it on a table, and see if it's all put together. No, somebody has to put it together. This didn't just happen. God put it together by His spoken word. So, Paul is identifying these people are without excuse. If you can't lay on your back on a grassy field in a dark, clear night and look up into the heavens and see the millions and millions of stars and not believe in a deity, you are without excuse. To know the sun rises every morning and sets every evening in its own time every day. Whether the clouds are there or not, the sun will always shine. It's a, it's a constant. It's an absolute. And who designs this? So Paul says, all these things came from the invisible to the visible. Now all these people that know God, they know there's a God because, because it's now seen by them. They witnessed it. 
But they did not glorify Him. They did not worship Him as God. Even though they know there's a God. It's not hard to tie an atheist into knots. It's really not. Because an atheist is an idiot. And I'm going to tell you why. A true atheist. The meaning of a true atheist. They'll say, I don't, I don't believe in a God. I don't believe in a deity. Okay. In order to be a true atheist, agnostic, or whatever. In order to be a true one. You have to study every religion on the planet. Every one of them. And then come to a conclusion that there is no God. I've met atheists. But I've never met one that studied every religion. You can't come to a conclusion that there's no God if you don't study the religions. I have studied other the religions. And that's why I'm in this one. Because that wasn't vindicated. That wasn't of my God. There's, there's, there's thousands of religions on the earth. And in order to deny a deity or a supernatural being, you've got to study every religion and then come to a stupid conclusion that there is no God. And nobody has done that. And it's amazing these people that claim to be agnostics. I, I have family members that claim to be an agnostic. That grew up in church. But got mad at God and got bitter at God and turned to Gnosticism. A lot of people do. Because they don't have answers of life. They, they want to blame all the bad things in life on God. When man, man's the one who destroys himself, God don't destroy man. Amen. What, do, what do you want to do? You want us all to live forever? Never, never, you know, uh, never have death or never have no problems, no diseases or no, nothing bad happen in our life? Every, every time something bad happens, God gets to blame. Life is full of positive and negative. As long as you're in, the, in this flesh, you're going to have negative things happen to you. Until your body changes, until the resurrection, we're going to have bad things in our life. Things we don't like, things we don't want. Things that are not good. That's the balance of it. The Asian people call it the yin and the yang. You know how you have light? You've got one wire that brings a positive and one wire that brings a negative. You cut one wire, you don't have light. I want all positive in my life. You have no light. And then above all that, you've got to be grounded. Am I right? There's an electrician, electrician. You've got to be grounded. I opened up a wire today in my house. There was three wires in there. Positive, negative, and ground. People want all I want all good things. I don't want nothing bad. You got no light. If you ain't got, you ain't got no light, where's that put you? Put you in Laodicea. In darkness. And then if you're in darkness, you have to go by your feelings. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't trust mine. I've had a lot of feelings 
of mine that fooled me. Mm. <laughs> I could say some, some things, bring up some of our past feeling that we felt about anything. Anyway, I won't go on to that further. Hope nobody's got no rocks in their pockets. I felt a certain way. Have a shiver, shake, or shout. And felt a certain way. Now, I don't, that, those things will fool you. Your feeling will your feeling lead you in the wrong direction. Just ask Isaac about it. The voice is the voice of Jacob. But he went by the feeling of the hairy skin. It wasn't even Jacob's skin. It was goat skin. So he went by... See, he was blind as a bat. He couldn't see, right? So he goes, instead of listening to the voice, he went by his feelings. Jesus. Woo. That's good, isn't it? The voice is the voice of Jacob, but he went by his feelings. Don't ever go by your feelings. Don't ever leave here. One of our servers would say, well, I just didn't feel it tonight. Big deal. If you're depending on your feelings to gauge whether it was a successful, successful service or not, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. Nobody shouted tonight so he didn't have a good service. Hmm. Nah. Don't go by your feelings. Listen to what he says. I got, I got to go on. My whole lot of hay on my fork. They knew God, verse 21, because when they, this is from the Amplified, when they knew God and recognized Him as God, they did not honor and glorify Him as God. They recognized him, recognized him as a deity. But they did not give Him worship. Let me break it down to you this way. They apprehended a God but could not comprehend a God. Oh, was those words too deep for you? They knew there was a God, but they did not comprehend this God. They couldn't deny there was a God. Neither can this generation. Every spring proves a resurrection. Science, can't, science cannot put into words what happens fall, winter, spring. How the, the trees die and then boom. And then the next spring, they come back full, fuller than there was the previous spring. And that's the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God, every spring, God proves that He's real. But they won't recognize Him as God. And they won't worship Him as God. Instead, they become futile and godless in their thinking. With vain imaginings, foolish reasoning... And stupid speculations. Again, this is from the Amplified. And their senseless minds were darkened. You see what kind of people were rubbing shoulders with out there? Senseless minds that are darkened. You say, well, I want so-and-so to see this message. Only God can reveal this message. You'll end up in an argument over this message. Don't, don't try to prove it to nobody. You'll push them farther away. Let your light shine. Be salty. That's it. Only God. Because only God revealed it to you. 
Listen, my mama didn't reveal this to me. I was raised in it, but my, my, my mama or my daddy didn't give it to me. God gave it to me. That's why nobody can take it from me. If mama gives it to you, then somebody take it from you. If the preacher gives it to you, somebody take it from you. But if God gives it to you, nobody take it from you. That's why so many young people are sitting on message pews going to hell. Because a new birth is not being preached anymore. Sin is not being preached against anymore. Anything goes. As long as you put people in seats. Friend, I know what I'm talking about. As long as you get a full church. Because you're in competition with the one in the other state. How many people you got? How many? Well, we don't have names on the rolls, but they somebody's counting every service. How many did your church seat? I don't know how many seats. They had to count for the for the singing. They had to count and come up with a number, little, little over two hundred. And I don't care if I ever have two hundred people in this church. If God called me for two, He'll be here. If you call me for 20, he'll be here. Amen. If you call me for 2,000, he'll be here. Amen. I mean, I'm not in competition with any other pastor about how many people I have. Because I know that the ones that are drawn to this ministry are real. Amen. They're not just here because of me. No. Well, I go to Brother Daniel's church. Well, you may not tell too many people that. Be careful who you tell <laughs> or you go to church too. They knew and recognized him as God, did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks. But instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasoning and stupid speculations and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise. They became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves. Have you heard by any chance any of these uh, televangelists lately? Oh, my word. You're talking about a simpleton that's got zero to say. Absolutely nothing to say. All they are are motivational speakers. That's all they are. You will never hear them preach on sin. You can look at their audience and tell they ain't preaching on sin. They just want the mega church. And sadly to say, sin is being preached on less and less and less in the message. And sin is going to be here until we're raptured. Because Paul says, let not sin reign where? So until it's changed, sin's going to be there. You're going to have to deal with it in your mortal body. Just because you got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, don't, don't mean sin ain't still in your mortal body. Paul said, don't let it reign. Don't let it rule you. Don't let it control you. Because it, it, it is still there. The Holy Ghost didn't take it out of your body. You were still born in sin. That's why we need a body change. 
Supposed to be teaching, Daniel. Just calm down. Verse 23, and by them the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images. Oh, help me, Jesus. They exchanged God for images. The hour that we live in is the most technological hour that's ever been outside of the days of Enoch. Brother Ram said the days of Enoch were smarter than our day. We don't know how to build pyramids. Okay? But as far as technology, the phones, the tablets, the computer systems, nanotechnology, the GPS systems that we have, the radar systems in our military, the things we don't even know about. The things that the government knows about you that you don't know they know about you. That they're listening to your conversation. They know what you search on your phone. It's so far advanced. And now we've made our phone our God. We've made technology our God because it's full of images. Oh, no, we don't have televisions. We have iPhones and Androids. Nobody preaches on TVs no more because nobody's got them. Everybody's got Netflix and Amazon Prime and this app and this app and this app and this. Preach! And, and what we do, uh, uh, probably, I don't know for sure, maybe one or two here that's actually run a marathon. Probably not. Anybody here run 26 miles at one time? I didn't think so. If I run 26 miles, somebody's after me. Even with two fake knees. No, they don't run marathons, but we watch them. We don't watch them see. Years ago, we had to wait week to week to see the next episode. Now you can download them and buy the whole seasons. And sit there and watch episode after episode after episode. Oh, speak, Holy Ghost. Hour and hour and hour passed. And we're in a marathon. That's what they call it. And before long, you've, you've seen four seasons. In a day and a half. And the house looked like hogs went through it. And if it wasn't for DoorDash, people would be starving in the house. God have mercy. Uber Eats, thank God. Because we're on a marathon. And we want everybody to shut up. Because I'm in a mood, I'm in a zone, I'm watching my show. And I want to know what happens next. It ain't no difference to what they had years ago, people watching soap operas. Can I tell you a true story? I'm going to, whether you want me to do or not. Pastor, or whoever was leading worship 
We're fixing to have prayer in the service. So I asked anybody in the office that had a prayer request. Woman raised her hand, said, yes, sir, ma'am. Said, no show I watch on TV. This man's in the hospital, but I want y'all to pray for him. Y'all think I made that up. No, that's the truth with my hand up. She wanted to be. <laughs> on her soap opera, the man was in the hospital, so she requested prayer for this man. It's not real. It's a play. It's a drama. It's an act. He's not hurt. He don't need. Well, he probably needs prayer, but not for that. Can you imagine people getting so so wrapped up in, in a soap opera to request prayer for for one of the actors. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that, but he said she needed prayer. Got that right, brother. She needed prayer. (laughs) We laugh. We giggle. That's funny. Okay. All right. But on a serious note, let me tell you something. If we spend as much time with God as we did with these images on the social media, Friend, we're the most nosiest people on the planet. And, and don't blame pe- people for knowing about your business. You don't want to put it on there. That, that's the part I don't understand. People get mad. How'd they find out? You posted it? You said you got 3,000 friends? They going to tell somebody? Don't get mad if the world finds out. About your life. They put it out there. For everybody to see and know what you're doing. And know what you had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. See, we take things from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And like I said the other Wednesday about the phone. They send your soul to hell. Or to save your life. All depends on how you use it. That's why I quit preaching on television. Because television is not the problem. It's how you use it. It's what goes across it. That thing ain't wrong. This church is full of TVs. We got two in the village. We got them everywhere. If the TV itself is wrong. We are all going to hell. And that's what we was taught years ago under Pentecost. Yeah. We, would, we would go into a, even after my family came out of Pentecost, we still had a lot of legalistic ideas yeah. from Pentecost. Yeah. We would go into a motel. No, I, I didn't say hotel. I said motel. Some of y'all don't know the difference. The motel has the door on the outside. See, most of y'all high-class people never been in a motel. You carry a fly swatter and, and, and roach traps with you. 
Y'all think I'm joking? Mm-mm. You sleep with one eye open. My family, every year we go to Brother Henry Green's camp meeting, which is now Brother Joe Green's camp meeting. Every August we'd go up there and we'd stay at Gordo's Motel. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. Gordo's. Who in God's name was Gordo? I don't know. But that's where we stayed because it was cheap. And we would go in there and there sat that one-eyed devil. That's a TV. One-eyed devil. And my daddy would turn that thing to the wall. And, and for safekeeping, throw a sheet over it. So if you got, if you watched it, you had to work for it. And if he come back and it was moved. Who moved the TV? Who's been watching the TV? We knew better. We wanted to sit down. Right, yeah. I went, went, right over some of y'all's head. That's how legal we were back in the day. We thought that's, a, that's why many people just covered the thing up. They thought the device was evil. When Brother Brandon, when he rented the house that had the TV in it, they watched it. Those things weren't preached, though. We made everything wrong because of what we came out of. My, I'm talking about my family. Everything was wrong. Because you thought that this God we serve, that you did anything wrong, He was just going to kick you off into hell. So it was preached hot. Evangelists would come by. 30 years ago, and everybody gets saved all over again. You really believed you were saved. He preached his testimony and everybody else's testimony and pre preached hell hot. And Oh, man, I don't even know if I'm saved now. I don't know how many times I've got saved. I lost count. Anybody with me? Right down to the altar I'd go. Already saved. But they would preach things like you knew you, knew, you, knew you hadn't been living a perfect life. But that was, that's what they was preaching. You can't live perfection. Nobody can live perfection. I've made mistakes since Sunday. Oh, I'm among angels. I am honored to be among angels. Brother Bev said Christians backslide. If you're a Christian... You know, you know how many times you backslid since Sunday? Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. You backslid Monday. You backslid yesterday. And the day ain't over. If you hadn't yet, you will before midnight. Every day. Let's move on, shall we? Oh, y'all are wanting me to. <laughs> By them the glory, verse 43, and the majesty and excellence of the immortal God were exchanged for and represented by images 
resembling mortal man and birds and beasts and reptiles. Therefore God gave them up in, in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity. To the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning them to the, to the, the degrading power of sin. God abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. That's why this generation is as low as it is. It's because God has gave up on them. 1963, he indicted this generation. He said, I'm done with them. I'm going to tell you, we are the remnant. As you go up the capstone, toward the capstone of the pyramid, more people falling off. There's only a few going to reach the top. It can't hold very many at the top. At the bottom, there was a whole lot. You remember? In the beginning, the revival breaks out in 1946. Oh, my. At the bottom of the pyramid, thousands and thousands and thousands. Keep going up. Keep going up. Falling off. Falling off. Falling off. Falling off. Here we go. up Toward the capstone. That's why Brother Abraham said there's only going to be a few. Because in this generation, God gave them up. God gave them up. That is a serious claim that Paul is making. That God said, I'm done with you. I am turning this generation over to the degradation of sin. So much that men looked at another man and burned in his flesh in lust. My God have mercy. The Bible said he burned in his lust, in his flesh, toward another man. I'm going to tell you, friend, that's lower than an animal. I'm a hunter. Y'all know I'm a hunter. I have never... And and in my tens of thousands of hours being in the woods, I have never seen one male have relations with another male. Gave them, listen, I'm just reading to you. God gave them up in their own lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their body of, the, of, of their bodies among themselves abandoning them to the degrading power of sin because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever for this reason God gave them over and abandoned them to vile affections and degrading passions. I don't know if I should go here or not, what I found. God, give me wisdom. Okay, Lord. In my study, I'm not a Greek theologian, you people know that. 
I'm not a Greek scholar, but sometimes I want to know what a word means. Because you, when you read it in the King James, it doesn't fit, seem like, in our English language. Like, what's that mean? So, when I was reading chapter 1 of Romans, verse 27. Likewise also the men, this is after he talks about the women in verse 26. Changing the natural use into that which, which is against nature. Verse 27. Likewise. So he's comparing the women and the men. Likewise also the men leaving the natural use. I'm in the King James. Back in the King James now. Leaving the natural use of the woman. Burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working the, that which is. I thought, what does that word mean? Unseemly. Would you use that word? Talking about queers or homosexuals? I, wouldn't, I, I didn't know what unseemly meant. So I clicked on it. And if you got small children, put your hand over their ears. Because they're going to ask you on the way home. That word unseemly means a woman's genital area. These men are taking another man for a wife. As I studied history in Rome at this particular time that Paul wrote this, it is well documented in the historical archive that many of the emperors of Rome were homosexuals. If they weren't homosexual, they were bisexual. One in particular emperor took a young boy and castrated him and made him his wife. Later in his, in his life, he took another man, and he became the wife. This is the leadership of the city of Rome. The emperor of Rome. I didn't know these things until I studied it out. That They actually, in this time frame of Romans 1, they legalized gay marriage. They made it a law that it's okay for men to marry men and women to marry women. Doing that which is unseemly. Taking a man and using her as you would a woman. And now with the pornography outrage and the internet. People see all kinds of filth. And then try to bring it into their marriage. You better keep it pure. Oh, the marriage bed is undefiled. Not that way. It's called sodomy for a reason. I told you. I wasn't looking forward to this service. I got to tell it. Because men ain't men enough to tell the truth anymore. And then people get in trouble in their homes. 
with God. Because a man wasn't mad enough to tell him the truth. And because of the internet and what, what, what people have seen and witnessed, they think everything's okay. It's not. It's felt. Oh, we're married. I don't care if you're married. Solomon said, my sister, my spouse. Friend, you're looking at a man that has counseled people. I know what I'm talking about. I know what gets in people's minds and then tries to get in, in, into their marriage. I've done dealt with it. That's why the Bible says to abstain, not from evil, from the appearance of evil. Oh, here I am back tonight, tormenting the tormentors. Don't you think for one minute, hell ain't coming against me right now. But I'm here to expose sin. And tell you to keep the bedroom pure. Keep it undefiled. Keep it holy and righteous before God. God instituted. God made man and woman to co-join together. Together, not man and man. Not woman and woman. Man and woman together makes unity. And only man and woman. Anything else is an abomination. Period. Brother Adam even deals with it. He said, a man kiss another man in the mouth. Make him want to throw up. I just think about it and throw up. You, you imagine mm, rolling over in the bed and feeling hairy leg. Oh. Ooh, I feel like ants crawling all over me now. And, and, the, and, the, and these people get fighting mad because we're living in the age of people's rights. That's Laodicea. It's my right to live as I, as I choose to live. That's why God turned them over to a reprobate. And when God turns somebody over to a reprobate, there is no hope for them. They have crossed the line. Just because of sexual impurities. It's all around us. It's all around us. I'm glad summer's about over. Maybe people start putting clothes back on. I'm getting a crick in my neck, turning my head. Come on. I don't want to see that. You try to go with your family. To, you, you can't go to the beach. God created that. It's a beautiful sunset. The beach and the... Uh, I, I, love, I hate the sand. Yeah. I despise sand. It, goes, it, it gets everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I love to lay there on the beach and just listen to the waves with my eyes closed. Yeah. It is so relaxing. Yeah. But then when you open your eyes, yeah. 
You got whales walking down the beach. Blubber hanging everywhere. Like, my God, nobody wants to see that. You actually think somebody wants to see that? You're a lunatic. I wonder how many animals had to die to cover that body. As little as it was covered. Because if they'd have jumped in the water, it'd have been another tsunami. And I'm going, me and my wife, I'm going, don't look. Oh, God, don't look. You know, you, you try to pick a beach that old people go to. And even the old people. Nasty, just nasty. <laughs> it ain't just fat, now it's wrinkled fat. I ain't trying to be funny. I'm being dead serious. These people don't think nothing about going out in public in their underwear. As I said Sunday, that's what Legion did. Because it's full of devils. Why are these people doing it now? Because God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. And it's even so bad in this generation. Brother Branham's seen the church. Not the bride. The church naked from the waist up. That's how she looks in God's sight. You know why? She held the truth. She knows the truth. Don't tell me the people out there, out there don't know the truth. Mostly Pentecostals. They know all about this message. Because they would not worship Him. And, re, and accept this message. Straight from God. Because when you reject the messenger, you re reject the one that sent him. And so now God has turned them over. It's shuck. And now we got people in the message that are going back to it. Back to dead shuck. Oh, there's a lot of noise in dead shuck. You ever walk through a cornfield with dead shuck? A lot of noise going on. That's what's happening in the message right now. A lot of noise going on. But that ain't nothing but shuck rustling. Yeah. I'm fixing to tell you a story. And I'm going to close. I ain't nowhere close to being even a third done. When men get in a, in a position of power, authority, or leadership, such as a pastor... It brings with it a level of control. You people that are advisors or lead men or managers or you have some kind of leadership position, it gives you a level of control. Tell this one to do this. Remember the Roman centurion? I tell this one to do this. He does it. I tell this one to do this. He does it. It gives you a level of control, power, authority. And so if a man ain't careful... One of the three things is going to catch him. Money, women, or popularity is just as real as the women. 
And more men are caught in the popularity than they are in the money and the women. But nobody can discern it. We can discern when he falls by a woman because it, everybody finds out about it. We can kind of discern when, he, when he's got a little money. But where do we draw the line with popularity? Well, let me tell you a story that happened not too awful long ago. A person gave a message in tongues on the floor. All of a sudden, everybody's waiting for the interpretation. Silence. All of a sudden, the pastor starts interpreting. And at the end of the interpretation, he says, and I say that in the name in the, in the, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I asked that. I'm sorry. I asked that in the name of Jesus Christ. So there was a brother there that it bothered him the, the way he ended it. So he approached him, the pastor. And he said, I want to ask you a question. He said, when the tongues was given, as it is almost every service here at that church, and you gave the interpretation. And at the end, you didn't say, that's thus saith the Lord. You say, I ask it in, in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, I want to ask you a question direct. Was that God speaking? Or was that you speaking? What you going to do? You got one, or two, one of two choices. Tell the truth or lie. And the man told the truth, and he said, it was me. So now we have a problem. We have a problem with false gifts. That is now man becoming God. Where if you don't approach him, You'll never know who it was speaking. So people just are afraid of him because he's the pastor. He's the man of God. You don't question him. Some of you sit under them kind of numb skulls. Now you've got every right to question if it's off the word. Was that you or God? It was me. I'm done. I got no confidence in that. And if I told you people who it was, some of you would pass out. We'd have called 911. Some of you probably wouldn't even believe me. But see, he had to cover up for the one that spoke in tongues because nobody gave the interpretation because that was a member of his family. Family. So now every time tongues comes forth in that church, that brother has no confidence in it. And rightly so. And what needs to happen is that man, that pastor needs to come forth and be a man. And come before his people and say, I was wrong. And it will never happen again. And I'm still waiting on, on, on that to happen. But men get so caught up, they think they're a bishop. 
They think they're the next thing to God. Just because God uses them from time to time. Just because they have a gift or a calling on their life. You don't even have to be saved to have a gift. You don't have to be saved to have a calling. You can be a ranked sinner and a gunner of hell and have a gift to preach. You don't have to be born again to preach. I've had preachers in this pulpit that wasn't saved. Their life right now proves they wasn't saved. But they had a gift. And they still have the gift. But they can't use it. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen to people that do things like this? That hold the truth in unrighteousness. In this message. And before a congregation of two or three hundred people give a false interpretation. Tongues is supposed to be straight from God. A word from the Lord to a group of people. Not a man giving his own idea or thoughts of what, what it meant. The same thing that happened in the days of Rome with Paul is going to happen now. And the people sitting in the pews are going to have their eyes wide open. Because God's going to expose it. You sit back and watch. What I tell you, God's going to bust some of these churches wide open. Because of what these men have been, been doing for years. And they think, they, they, they think they're too big in authority, too big in power. That they can just do whatever they want to do, say whatever they, whatever they want to say. And how dare you approach me? Don't you know I'm the pastor of this church? You got no right to approach me? Oh yeah, if I'm off the word, you, you got every right to approach me. If I preach something you don't understand, you got every right to ask me. What do you mean by that? I got nothing to hide. I don't think I'm preaching nothing off the word. I'm not running it for many of y'all. You want to sit down and talk with me about something? I tell, tell one of Brother Deacons. They'll come tell me and we'll sit down and talk. Come let us reason together. I'm not afraid to talk about the word. I believe I know where I stand. And I'm not doing this for any other reason but to get you ready for a rapture. So you people have no idea what kind of hell I go through to preach you the truth. No idea what kind of fight I fight to bring you the truth. If I brought you just some of the, you know, sermonette to Christianettes, 15 minute sermon to kind of tickle your ears a little bit, I wouldn't fight hell. I wouldn't go through the things I go through. But because I study the word and I want truth, absolute truth, truth. Because that's what we need. That's what sets us free. That's what gets us ready for a body change and a rapture. I've got no other ulterior motive. I didn't, I didn't start a church so I could become a millionaire. I, I'm 23 years past that. It ain't happened yet. Maybe God's making me wait 25 like Abraham. I don't know. But I didn't get into it for the money. I didn't get into it for popularity. I didn't get into it for, for, for my name to be spread abroad. Got into the ministry because God gave me a burden for souls. 
that were dying and lost and going to hell. And I wanted them to go to heaven with me. Because I knew I was going. Let's stand. i got to quit. I've made enough people mad tonight. These cards are still up here. I don't know whose they are. After Sunday, somebody will own them. Everybody's still happy? Amen. I didn't get to where I wanted to, but that's all right. Time. Certainly feel with swift transition, isn't it? Hmm. Give me G. If I don't sing, I'll preach again. Mm, there is coming a day where no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day that will be. What a day. And I look on his face, the one saved me by his grace, and he'll take me by the
faith Oh, the one who saved By His grace That He'll take me by the hand And lead me to the promised land What are they? services are more sobering than others and I was telling my wife on the, on the way here because I was dreading the service things you go through as a pastor when you have to deal with things that are not debatable because the word's not deba- debatable to me it's thus saith the Lord it is what it says it does what it says and there's no changing it but when you have to deal with certain issues and certain things that other men tiptoe around the tulips, that very thing is going to creep in his church. Because he held the truth in unrighteousness and wouldn't bring it to his people. Don't ever think that you're above anything that anybody else has done or is doing or is going to do. Because we're all still subject to falling. That's why the, the brother that I had the conversation with two years ago that, that, that I helped restore 
that used to be a pastor, he called me last week. I hadn't heard from him for a couple of weeks. And he called. I seen his name on my phone. I answered the phone. Talked to him for about two hours. And he cried and he cried and he cried and he cried. Because he's tormented by what he's done. And they told me on the phone, he said, uh, we've known each other since 1995, so he don't call me Brother Daniel, he just calls me Daniel. That's fine. He says, Daniel, he says, I've got nobody. He said, at one time in my life, I could have called any, any minister in this message. My, my friend. He said, but now, he said, I drive on the road. His job takes him on the road four days out of the week. He said, I've got nobody. He said, I just drive alone and I listen to a tape or music or talk to the Lord or do business, call clients, whatever. You can take things that has happened to him that has happened to many other people. And you can take them back to somewhere someone wasn't taught right. Someone wasn't taught about the traps and the snares. I don't have my phone with me, but I don't know if I, if I said this when I, pre, uh, when I preached on it. I don't remember if I said it, but he told me this on the phone. I want everybody to listen very carefully to me because nobody's above it. Not even me. Nobody. He said, Daniel, you want to know how this started? Of course, he had already told me that his downfall was his phone. But he went a little deeper. He said, I'm going to tell you where this started. I said, okay. He said, I was, of course, I was uh, texting sisters in the church. That was count, supposed to be counseling. And so they... Had, had his permission that they could text him straight, straight without going to his wife, which no sister has that permission to do that to me. My wife has to know about it. If a female contacts me, my wife better know about it. Because she'll call your eyeballs out. He said, it, did, it didn't just start just with the phone. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? He said it started with an emoji. A wink. I ain't winking to no, no one person. I'm going through the whole church. So I'm winking at everybody. Everybody gets a wink. Alright. Somebody leave here. Brother Daniel winked at me. No I winked at everybody. Do you, do you know that that's in the Bible? Solomon says, he that winketh with an eye. He said, that's where all this started. Was with a wink emoji. He said, and then my, in my mind, I begin to think, what she mean by that? Why would she wink at her pastor? You see how subtle? And if things aren't taught, if things aren't brought out in the open... Oh, I had a nerve, a bad nerve right then. I don't know if you felt that. 
Some of y'all need to stop this. This is not Brother Daniel now. This is the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all need to stop this. You young people, you need to stop it. It's going to lead you down a path you don't want to go to. Better stop it now. That's where all this started with this brother. And I'm not going into details. There's some horrific details. It leads to the point to, hit, to where he's fixing to take his own life. From a weak emoji. And then people get mad when I preach against sin. And I'm trying to keep you away from things like this. It's my job to protect you. Listen, after 23 and a half, year, half years, my hide has grown thick. And I don't mean this ugly, but I, I, I mean to be stern about it. I don't care if I hurt your feelings anymore. If the truth hurts you, you need to be hurt. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say anything wrong. I just sent and we, oh, oh, an emoji. That's where it starts. Where's it going to end up? That's why, that's why we reason in our mind. This ain't sin. This ain't heaven or hell. This, this ain't going to send me to hell. Where's it going to lead you? What was your purpose behind that? Why did you send that? You sent a message. With a cartoon character. That caused the other party to start thinking. Then the next time it was a sideways kiss. Emoji. I'm just telling you these things for a reason. That it's my job. It's my calling. It's my responsibility. To expose the devil. So that you don't have to go through hell like that. If people would just listen and heed. What their shepherd is telling them. There's a reason behind it. I know things that, that, that you don't know. I don't tell all the details. But I tell enough to get the message through. To help you grow in Christ. To help you get ready for a rapture to body change. Because I'm telling you friend. It's later than you think. It is later than you think. I told the brothers the other day and I'll shut up. It was out in the parking lot after Sister Pauline's memorial. And I don't remember if it was Ashlyn or one of the twins come to me. And, and we have one of those boxes in our house. Um, Alexa. Ask Alexa. And they turns on lights and turns on things and does everything but blow your nose for you. Well, I think it was the one, I don't remember, whoever it was, come to me and said, Dad, listen. So they said, hey, Alexa, what happened in World War III? Well, they didn't understand exactly what they said, so it gave a stupid answer. So I took up my phone. And I said, hey, Siri, because me and Siri is pretty close. <laughs> she understands Georgia Redneck by now. I said, hey, Siri, what happened in World War III? 
Here's some news about World War III. Gave me all the details of which, which countries was involved, what year it started, and how many people died in it. 2027. Siri says in 2027, don't, don't say nothing. In 2027, World War III is going to start. That they already have it programmed in these devices. We're almost at 2024. We think we've got a lot of time left. We don't. The bride is making herself ready. Give me G, I got to shut up. And Brian, help me turn Siri off one of these these iPads. I thought I had her turned off all of them. I don't use that much, but anyway. She opens her mouth when she ain't supposed to. None of y'all know nothing about that, do you? Woo! Ding, 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 ding. Just sit her down, bring her back to her right mind, everything will be all right. This is the evening time. It's later than you think. The bride is preparing now for her Lord to meet. All things are ready now. Bridegroom, God bless you, go in the fear of God, you can be this man.